Good evening, everyone. Sunday night, it's the Celtic FC Appreciation Show. Um, we're well into season two. Um, so, obviously, our sponsors still are 67 Tees. Tim Apparel, just give them a follow on Instagram um, for all your Celtic Celtic clothing kind of thing. Um, and, obviously, we are available still on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you download your podcast. Just give us a download, a subscribe, drop us a comment, a review. Um, and you can follow us on the socials, obviously, doing really well on Facebook still. Um, we are on Twitter, um, fairly new to Twitter, CFC app pod, um, if you want to find us on that, and we're also on Instagram. Um, so, as I say, we're on YouTube as well. You can check out our YouTube channel. Um, we're streaming live to all three streams tonight. Um, so, we've, as I say, we've been away for a while doing the weekly weekly shows, um, but delighted to be back, and delighted to be back with two debutants tonight. Um, we've got John Tierney. And we've got Kieran as well, um, one of my mates of mine. So um, he's the the two of them are, I believe, the two he's a season ticket holders, guys. We are, in, we are indeed. Yep. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm the only one that's no, but I try and get to as many <laughs> games. I prefer the away games. The away games are more fun. Ah, they are. Um. So yeah. So as I say, guys, um, we want you to get involved tonight. Um. Any kind of comments or questions you've got for any of the guys about what's been happening in the last week or two or since the winter break. Um, Gary Lamb says, hail, hail. Um, and we'll get straight into it because um, no winter break hangover. We're going to start with the, the win against Hibs on Monday, guys. And um, Kieran, I'll start with you. Obviously, you both were at the game, but in terms of uh, how how much of a buzz was it just to be going back after the winter break? Oh, it's, it's one of them that at the same time, you're gutted about fans not getting into stadiums, but obviously we didn't actually miss a home game. Um, with it anyway, it was obviously the St Johnston was the only game it was in effect to, but it's like it just gives you a bit of realisation of what it means to you, and it, it kind of you don't take it for granted. So when we went on Monday, it was like um, a European game. Everybody was feeling excited, a night game, no signings on show. Um, so. The, the kind of excitement you could feel it all round as I say is it was like a European game um, I everybody was just buzzing for the, the get go you know yeah and, and John obviously um, one of my mates had, had sent me the, the walk on at the start of the game it generally gave me goosebumps you had the disco lights going and obviously we're going to have that against Rangers in a, a couple of weeks time um, what what did you think of the, the game the, the kind of build up to the game the start of the game the build up was was excellent. Um, that what I what I loved and what I was I, I was I was saying to some of my mates walking up to the game was that there was just a there was just a buzz to be back. Um, obviously, granted we had the the winter break, uh, it came a little bit early. Um, thankfully, we voted through, and um, we obviously got the end result of fans being allowed back into the ground. But the buzz going up to the game was excellent. I felt that as though the the signings which we um, have had, um, you know, they, they gave us a little bit of excitement. And then going into the ground, obviously, you know, we walked in, you never walk alone, um, the disco lights, uh, the atmosphere, uh, it was just, you know, it was electric from the get-go. Yeah, and um, Kieran, obviously, you know, we start off, uh, Kevin Nisbet hits the post inside a couple of minutes, you know, hearts are in the mouths. Um, 
and then we go up the other end and Dysonmaida gets gets on the, the score sheet right away. Um, how how big a boost is that for him to get that duck off his back and get his first goal for the hoops? Uh, it was a, it was a massive boost for him, but I think for the rest of the team as well. Um, just that Nisbet chance is an absolute sitter. So to to react in the way we did. Um, Within, I don't know, was it about a minute? I think it was about a minute after they yeah, missed that yeah. At the same time, it's, it's a boost for the, the stadiums erupting because our new signing scored. They, they've just had a great chance. It kind of takes a kind of punches them to the gut. Um, so I, the, the fact that he scored a, a couple minutes into his debut, I don't think there's a, a, a better a better way to start, is there? Um, can I duck off the back straight away? Um, and although he didn't get up too much for the rest of the game. I thought he's kind of pressing from the front line, kind of set the tone for the 90 minutes. Uh, but I, a very impressive debut from him as well. Yeah, and uh, John, obviously, you know, the, the, the ball from Callum McGregor through the middle, uh, the flick from Tom Rogic for the goal. But obviously, um, when you look at how the, the performance overall in the first half was, was just 100%, just going at it, trying to kill the game. Um, obviously, that's what we want to see for the team. Do you think we can keep that going in the upcoming games? I was speaking to uh, John Hartson about this, and uh, just uh, as another show. Um, but you know, the, the the intensity that Celtic have is magnificent when it all works. I thought what what I loved about Celtic in that first half was it was an example of how we should play football. Um, it's an example of how the ball should move, how we should get forward, how, you know, we shouldn't be wasting time and just get the ball forward as much as possible. Um, the movement of certain players were, was excellent uh, to find. I don't think Hibs actually expected us to be that good. Um, you know, we were we were good, but I didn't think Hibs expected us to be, you know, that intensive. Um, we, we, were, we were excellent. I thought... You know, obviously, we'll, we'll probably discuss Hitati um, and the influence he's had. But, um, you know, I thought he fitted in extremely well into that first half. And uh, the movement um, and the passing and the just the way he worked the ball was was tremendous. See, just, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, something I'd like to bring up as well was, although it was, a, it was a great occasion, obviously, getting back to Parkhead, sell out, sell out crowd in that as well, but... I don't know if you used to have kind of realised as well. I don't want to bring a, a kind of negative into it because I feel feel good factor going on. However, the only bit of criticism I'll have for the kind of the few games is it's such a great high intensity first half, and then you're finding yourself in the second half. I don't know if they've maybe burnt themselves out a bit, mm. or they've got a lead of two 0 They're maybe not as kind of they've not got as much a colour instinct as they did in the first. My, my only criticism mm. would be maybe to kind of just go at it for the full 90 minutes and is, if it is due to the kind of high intensity that they're, they're providing us with 45 minutes maybe the kind of five substitutions will play into your hands a wee bit um, mm. and you kind of might see that for the full 90 minutes I don't know what you guys think if it's maybe lacking a bit of colour instinct or maybe they're, they're just tuning up and they're thinking they're, they've kind of took the foot off the gas a wee bit I, I've got a I've got a, a, a kind of thinking behind that that you know players are human as well. So obviously they, they want, um, and want Celtic to be an attacking team, attacking threat, have the momentum, start the game off early, finish the game off early. But what, I mean, I wasn't too disappointed the fact that the game became a little bit more flat in the second half. The reason being is that I was proud of the fact that we killed the game off early. I was quite chuffed the fact that we managed to get the yeah. two goals. And it was more of a case of 
how can we play after that? Can we keep it going? Four, five, six, seven. Could could we do that? If we can't do that, then we're already two 0 up. Let's let's mm-hmm. start it off the first twenty minutes. Let's get the game over with. And um, you know that that's that was my theory behind it. So at half time, you know, I was I was quite happy, but. You know, I think people were maybe expecting a little bit too much, maybe more goals in the yeah. second half, whereas obviously, you know, the, the kind of foot came off the gas a little bit. Um, but I'm glad that we're getting, we're not hanging about, you know, we're not yeah. waiting until maybe 40 minutes, 50, 60, 70 minutes to start our football. You know, we're doing it early, setting the tone of the game and it's up to other teams to respond. Yeah, and I think um, I think that I, I get what you're saying, Kieran, and I, I, I've seen it a lot this season with Celtic that, you know, we go so gung-ho in the first half that, that we throw everything at it and yeah, we can go one or two goals up and it's brilliant but I think Saturday was a prime example of that I, mean, I thought the high intensity, the high press against Aloha um, and then we just kind of, I don't know if it was running out of steam or whether it was, you know, the injuries that we picked up um, especially second half but I just think, um, I, I don't know if that's a problem with, with us picking up injuries because it seems to be, you know, we seem to be picking up injury after injury and I don't know whether it's to do with training, whether it's to do with what's what's going on behind the scenes or whether it is just the way we're playing and the way Andrew Scott is playing. Yeah, no that that's fair enough um, I, as I say, it's just something I've noticed in the last few games, um, I was wondering if it's maybe a lack of colour instinct now mm. or they're just running out a bit of gas which listen, I'm not going to be sitting here and say I could do that for a few 90 minutes because that's certainly not mm. going to happen, but I thought I, shout out to the Hibs, uh, the Hibs team I thought they tried to play um, mm-hmm. Some good football. I can see what Maloney's trying to do with them. The only bit of criticism from their side, I'd say, they were getting the ball in good positions after long spells of kind of um, passing it around. And then as they had an out ball, they were just passing it back again. But I can definitely see what he's trying to build uh, with the Hibs team. They looked good, so they did. Yeah, I big, I big, um it was it was much better than the cup final, I thought, in terms of how they were playing. I think that's the way Maloney's got them playing. I know they struggled. Um I know they struggled in the Scottish Cup um, at the weekend against Cove Rangers, but you know I think I think Maloney will get that that kind of ideal of football that he wants them to play, um, yeah. and hopefully they can have a good end to the season kind of thing. Um, big shout out to Gary Lamb, John Clark, Mary Leaves, also in Hail Hail, Peter Mailing on hoops, um, Paul McClellan, another one of the boys that does the Pageways um, a podcast. He says um, Hibs game was electric. It felt a bit of relief to get back to a game. As well as excitement for the new signings, um, goes on to say dodgy start. Hibs nearly scoring, but gives a wee kick straight up. Scored. Hattie was immense. Game was done at half time. Great first half performance. Looked to be bit lacked a wee bit of sharpness overall, but that will that will come. Um, yeah. So obviously, like, the game was done. You know, um, another su- successful um, conversion from the penalty spot for Juranovic. Um, but we're going to talk about Hatati and obviously that moment, especially you know when he came off the bench or when he um, he came off the park rather, sat on the bench and James Forrest had to tell him that it was man of the match. <laughs> um, I would have loved to have been a flying wall to see <laughs> see how that conversation <laughs> went. Um, but yeah, so as I say, like it was it was a successful win overall, and um, we we go into the to the Aloha win now. Um, Scottish Cup, I'm a Big big fan of the Scottish Cup. Um, it's always yeah. a competition I want to be in because it's the last game of the season. You want to be there. It's usually a really nice day at Hamden. Good day out, especially if Rangers aren't there. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of when I looked at the when I looked at the the, the draw and I seen Alloa away, obviously Barry Ferguson, Bob Malcolm in charge, adds a wee bit of spice. And 
although you know we're not doing great this season in League One, um, you know a lot of kind of dangerous players and and one player in particular, um, John, if I can go to you first, mm-hmm. Connor Salmon, who I genuinely thought was about forty five, never mind thirty five, <laughs> um, but he 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 causes problems, didn't he? I think if you had uh, the three of our ages combined, Connor Salmon probably is about that age. Um, he was, uh, he's been going about Scottish football for a long time. Um, but, you know, um, again, you know, he, he posed a threat uh, for Celtic. He did. Um, this, you know, the, the way that you know, he, he scored that goal that he did, um, you know, it, it was a cracking goal. He got in between um, two defenders and got on the, got on the end of that header. Um, you know, he, he is he is a um, a player that's been about for a long time. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, just talking about the Alwa performance, you know, it, it's something that you know I, I I see it I see it from both the fans' perspective, from Angie's perspective, from critics' perspective. But I think ultimately you have to think this is a Scottish Cup game. It's a game that we have to go past. Um, and thankfully Celtic did um, through hell or high water. Yeah, and Kieran, um, obviously, in terms of, I mean, I don't know if you were if you were at the at the game um, last night, but in terms of, obviously, Jackie Marcus, um gets off the mark pretty early with a great goal, great ball from Liam Scales. I'm a big, big Liam Scales fan. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's Jackie Marcus's time to shine? Do you think if it doesn't happen in the next few games, it's never going to happen? Hey, it certainly is because you, you've, we've not seen a lot of Maida, but. I think a lot of fans are thinking Kyogo Maeda further up the pecking order. I know Kyogo mm-hmm. is for sure. Um, but listen, if he scores that goal, uh, the penalty, the, they're all sitting here saying he's a good player. You know, I think he's, he has been treated a wee bit harshly. Uh, I thought he took mm-hmm. that goal very well um, in the first half. But the key the key part of that last night was we're obviously without Kyogo Maeda. So you look to him instantly as the, the guy that's going to be leading the line for the next kind of three games while you're there now here. So it's all about getting minutes in him. And I think Ange knew, knew that by getting him 90 minutes. Um, obviously, the, the other only option that you could really think of is maybe a badder leading the line again. I thought he'd done really well against St Johnston uh, in that role. We looked comfortable as well. So whatever Ange decides to do, um, I'll back it anyway. But I, I thought I thought he looked all right. It's, it's tough um, kind of on the Astro pitch and a big guy like him as well. Um, he could have got a, a second goal with, straight after his first when he was one on one. Kind of should have slipped it to Maida realistically. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. listen, for a guy that's not had a lot of minutes, we've just got to get behind him and, and hope that he, he guides us through these next few games. And listen, as he says, he, he needs to take this chance because you don't get many of them. No, and um, and John, um, obviously, like in, in terms of what, what's your impression been of, of Yakimaki so far? He's a he's been a player that we you know I, I, he's a player that's he's came under a lot of criticism. I think the you know we've looked at Kyogo and we've looked at you know the impact he's had and we look at Maeda scoring on his debut and I think obviously you know we see Jackie Marcus and Jackie Marcus doesn't do that <laughs> and he's had his chances you know he could have scored the, the penalty he could have um, you know started I think don't know, don't know what the stats are but you know obviously it's a kind of low number of goals so far. Um, but you know, it's, it is an opportunity for Jackie Marcus um, to to start playing. Um, I, I think against Alawa, you know, um, I, I think he, I don't think he could have, you know, he could have squared that ball. He could have done a couple of more passes, and maybe there's stuff that they need to work on in the training ground with Jackie Marcus. But you know, that's 
it's something that you know he's. I think he was what the top score scorer in his old league. You know, or yeah, one of the yeah, yeah. So not an easy league. Yeah, he can he can score goals, and you know statistically he's he's proven to do that. Um, I think I think that's what Celtic fans and all of us need to be a little bit patient of, you know, and give him the opportunity, yeah. give him the chance. Um, even look at his history, go on YouTube, look at his goals, look at the type of goals he scored. What what does he suit? What kind of balls does he suit? Um, mm-hmm. And give him it, just give him the provision that he needs in order to to get the goals. And once he starts scoring. Um, his confidence will go up. I, you know, I even think yesterday with that goal, whilst he comes under a lot of criticism for many different things, that goal gives him just that little bit of you know confidence. Maybe going into Wednesday night against um, Hearts, you know, it's 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 something that he can um, add to his game, um, and that will be his you know number one. It's his number one goal anyway, but um, you know, it's something that he can he can start working on, and start scoring. Yeah, I, I think I think this is definitely his time to shine. Um, as I say, it was, it was unlucky a couple of times last night. As I thought, Maeda was really unlucky. Um, there was one in the second half where the ball came to him and he just let let the ball run across him and tried to dink it in the, the near corner. But you know, obviously, with, with more games, it'll, it'll get sharp. And I think Jakimakis is the same. Um, I think the Celtic fans. We're almost still fixated on that penalty against Livingston, and yeah. but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't believe Angie's excuse on the day with, that he was a designated penalty taker because at the end of the day, you know, he was out injured for long enough, he wasn't playing. So I've never heard their team having a designated penalty taker that's out injured for most of the season. So listen, it's um, um, move on for that, and and obviously, you know, you look at it. The, the question of the day I posted on the page earlier on was with Callum McGregor possibly out for several weeks, um, who replaces him in midfield and as a captain. Now, obviously, we could have a separate replacement and a separate captain. Um, Kieran, who who's your ideal replacement for Callum? In terms of captaincy or position? Um, just both, in terms of you think there's well, one, for, one player that, that fits the bill? Oh, for, in terms of captaincy... Without a doubt, it's got to be Joe Hartner um, with the experience that he carries. Um, he'd, he'd be a no-brainer for me. The way he's came into the, this team and he, he knows what it stands for. Um, I think he's arguably one of Angie's best signings um, up there with Kyogo for sure. Mm-hmm. But in terms mm-hmm. of position, I was I was really, really impressed with the Gucci yesterday. Um, I know it's Aloha. Listen, I know it is, but I, I like the fact we actually got to see him in two different roles. He was obviously a bit deeper um, before Callum McGregor went off um, and he was he was controlling the game well. I liked how fast he reacted when we lost the, the ball um, and then obviously Cal Mack got that, that horrible injury which obviously is not, came at a good time at all and he had to go a wee bit further which saw James McCarthy kind of playing at the deeper role but I was really impressed with him so I wouldn't be upset to see him uh, on the starting lineup or beat on uh, come Castle game, um, but but I I was really impressed with the Gucci um, with what I saw kind of um, last night. So I was. And John, who, who's who's your shout for for Cal's replacement? I think Kieran hit the nail on the head. I think we, you know if we, we need to go off Joe Hart. I think he's he's a loud voice within the Celtic team. Um, you can see clearly that he wants the best for the team for the squad of players. And, you know, he's got the experience of, you know, what, what a team should have. And I think him giving the orders or giving direction is a, is a great thing. Now, um, obviously, if, if you know, and I, I always think 
a goalkeeper should never become captain because obviously they don't play in amongst the, the playing side of things now. That's that's neither here nor there. You know, there's um, many goalkeepers that have been captains and been successful, but you know, I think Joe Hart is a is an obvious replacement in terms of playing for um, Cal Cal McGregor's replacement. Now, I'll just mention that obviously you're probably touching the injuries that were um, that were that were at that Allow game. You know, obviously yeah. I was very disappointed in the number of injuries um, that we got, and obviously. It's it's obviously a headache for Ange, um, but I think I think I would agree with Kieran there that I, I think Beaton can come into that role, um, just sitting in there uh, and you know directing the play. And the, the only thing I can say about Beaton is that versus Callum McGregor is that Beaton is is a little bit slower um, at uh, maybe maybe I don't think is as sharp or he has the same kind of pace as McGregor about getting up, but you know he can distribute really well. Um, and I think you know against Hearts. You know, if, if we can pass the ball um, a lot more than what we did against Allo, obviously, given it's not a plastic pitch, um, which helps uh, to start. You know, I think he'll come into that role and uh, he'll work. It'll work probably, probably pretty well with that at that stage. Do you think there's a possibility? Obviously, we were hit with. Obviously, didn't come out in in the news as much as what I thought it would because it's Celtic. But we were obviously hit with those COVID uh, kind of cases on the in the St Johnson game, and it was obviously a, a, a very different team. Mm. Um, but he did change the shape a little bit due to the kind of the miss, uh, missing players such as Callum McGregor and stuff. And you seen McCarthy and Beaton. Uh, I think mm. it was free at the back as well, wasn't it? I, I believe Welsh was in yeah. the team. Um, so is that maybe a possibility where you might see maybe I'm sure he played Beaton and McCarthy together maybe a Beaton and Adiguchi mm. might go back to that formation which might not actually be a bad kind of formation mm. to play against kind of uh, at Tynecastle you know I thought we still got forward yeah. pretty well when we were solid at the back he might change it up due to the absences but I, I'm not too sure um, what you think about that I think that's a possibility, Kieran. I think that's, um, you know, the game against St. Johnson, you know, we won pretty comfortably. Um, you know, obviously chipping in with a couple of goals um, to Israeli guys, Abada and Beaton. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think I think Angel need to do something now. I think this is a, a decision-making time. And between now and the game on Wednesday, there'll be work done in, in Lennox Town just to ensure that he's got the right... Um, right personnel to get the, the job done against yeah. Hearts. Hearts are in great form, um, you know, and I, I think they will be a tough task. Obviously, we can move on to that at some point. But, um, I, yeah, I certainly think that Angel will change the formation and there'll be more uh, there'll be more passing involved. And that's where, obviously, Beaton, Idaguchi might come in uh, to, to, to create that. Yeah, yeah, go, I, go. I think... Sorry, on you go, go, guys, Kane. sorry. No, on you go. Uh, I was just going to bring up there... Uh, Ask you about that, uh, Johnny Kenny. What, what's the situation there? Is he not able to play? Because what what I thought that would have been a perfect game. Obviously, it's you can't underestimate Aloha. However, I thought you would maybe see him on the bench, but not seeing him on the bench last night at all maybe indicates that he's maybe just a beating player for now until he proves something. Is that is that what you think? Or is he not able to play? I, I, I think I think he I think he is. Um, Pin, pinpointed for the B team from what I've heard, and, and to be honest, um, with Matt O'Reilly coming in, I've, I've heard kind of rumours that he was he was brought in for the B team originally as well. But obviously, with injuries, especially in the midfield position, he might get he, he might get thrown in there, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What What was your uh, thoughts on the Aloha game as a holding, guys? Um. Honestly, like I was just glad to get over it. I was. It was one of the horrible games where I don't believe you can play 
a decent brand of football. I don't believe you can really impress the fans. It's just one one of the cases of let's get the victory and let's get out of there. Um, yeah. Obviously, me and you were talking off air, Kieran, and we, we both said the same thing that getting the second goal and obviously a bad score is an absolute screamer just before half time gets a wee bit of a uh, break of the ball off of Daniel Church, I think it was. But um, yeah, yeah I, absolutely brilliant finish in the top corner. But that kills the game in terms of Aloha going into half time. So me and you both kind of had a, had a feeling that Barry Ferguson maybe yeah. sent his players out to, to clog um, <laughs> yeah, the Celtic players and do Rangers a turn in a couple uh, of weeks. So, um, I mean, that's that's obviously just for a Celtic based opinion. So that's a green white goggles on, do you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> no, I, I thought it was just one of the horrible, horrible games that sometimes you like in the Scottish Cup, you like playing these wee teams at their ground. Was, was there other su- times you just want to get through it, yeah. You know, like, mm. Was there any surprises that you thought would have been a part of the team, both of these, or was that was that kind of similar team you would have played yourself, or would you like to have seen one or two names you didn't? A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of guys were saying to me today, you know, why, why is the captain not playing? Why is McGregor playing? Why is such and such playing? Why are we playing yeah. so many first team regulars? But the, the games are banana skin games. And the last thing you want to do, after, especially after winning the League Cup. Is go and get out of this, put out the Scottish Cup, be a, a League yeah. One side. So I think yeah. it was a case that let's get the win. We're obviously mm-hmm. not expecting the injuries, but that's just part and parcel of football sometimes, Shane. Yeah. It's nice to see Stephen Welsh. I thought in that game, uh, I thought Stephen uh, Welsh looked, but it's just it's just good to see him. Uh, obviously, we've been playing with uh, Carter Vickers and Starfield. In there, um, and obviously Welsh starting off, you know, it was just it was good to see him uh, within that within that team. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just a question for, for you guys. I, I was thinking, who is your two back then? Um, you know, I, obviously we, we've seen we've seen kind of Starfield uh, shine a shine a little light, and we've seen him um, obviously his peak and his trough in in games, uh, but who are your two centre backs, starting centre backs for this? Busy fixture list. Um, for me, it's Carter Vickers in Starfield. I think um, I know Starfield gets a lot of criticism sometimes, but um, the only thing I can say against Starfield is that I think he's too cautious at times. I think mm. he doesn't have that confidence yet to just drive forward like Ayer used to do, um, and like Beaton does as well. I, I think he needs that wee bit of just comfort in him, but it, it just seems to get the ball. And just rather play the safe pass than, than than try and play the forward ball. Um, I don't know what you're about, Kieran. Hey, I would I'd probably go just with Carter Vickers and Starfelt as well because they've mm. obviously played the majority together. However, once again, I wouldn't be disappointed seeing Welsh in. I think he's been mm. hard done by sometimes. Maybe not to feature as much as he has. But listen, it's a, it's a great situation. We've been kind of gubbed the last few years in terms of options and it's kind of the same predictable 11 so it's good knowing that when somebody does come in that's maybe Starfield or Carter Vickers picks up an injury that nobody's really fussed about them coming in Um, Mm. and with Julian coming back as well that's us got two centre-backs on rotation that can actually start so Mm. I'd stick with Carter Vickers and Starfield for the the kind of run of games coming up because after all these are three fixtures that we've dropped points in this season so it's it's important you maybe try keep things as, as similar as, as you have done the last few games. Yeah, and just just going back to the just going back to who who replaces Callum and things like that. Um, a lot of, a lot of love for Joe Hart. Um, obviously photographer, goalkeeper, 
possible yep. captain. Um, I thought that was classic <laughs> then, taking the, taking the photo, the wee girl and Jota, I thought it was brilliant. Um, but I mean, listen, for me, I, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with John. I, would, I wouldn't be disappointed to see Beaton because he's already taken yep. the captain's armband this season. Yep. I think he's looked a lot comfortable and seems to have got the best out of him again. And um, But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of a goalkeeper as your captain. I don't believe yep. that he gets the message mm. out quick enough or whatever, but um, I believe that your midfield is always your captain. But um, mm. I, I think Joe Hart would be a, a, a sensible option as well um, for replacement mm. for me, beat on every day. Yeah. Especially especially going to Tynecastle next. Um, I think he knows the script. You're not going to throw in an O'Reilly. You're not going to maybe throw in an Adiguchi into mm. that kind of environment um, yeah. or even McCarthy. I, I think you just you go with your tried and tested kind of thing. But just to finish on the Aloha game, I mean, obviously the, their keeper Hutton had a great game, kept yeah. him in it mm. for long spells. Um, but just in terms of then the, the injuries and especially the Adiguchi one, um, Kieran Redcard? It's, it's got to be in it. It's got to be. Listen, intent or no, it's it's dangerous play, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a worrying sign because if, am I right in saying that's the same referee that was that was um, at Dundee United David Turnbull injury David Turnbull injury yes yeah. mm. I, I don't want to talk too much about the other side of the city but do you remember the tackle on the Porti, Portis put on a rebo he didn't make any contact but the intent was there you know what I mean yeah. we're talking about intent and actually nearly injuring the guy it, mm. it's got to be a red card and as we were talking before we we, we came live guys. Um, Something's got to happen. Something seriously has got to happen um, because somebody's just got to get hurt for it. But it's it's a, it's a red card all day. And as I say, it was a, it was a bit of a, a shame seeing Adiguchi go off because I, I thought it was excellent all game. Um, so I red mm-hmm. card all day. I don't know what John thinks about it as well. But uh, for me, red. I would I'd probably go with um I'd probably I, I'm actually sitting in the fence here, but I'd probably touch on red a little bit. The reason the only reason I'm sitting in the fence a little bit is because you know, they, he comes in and either Gucci obviously is there and he wins the ball, but Kieran rightly says he was dangerous, he's out of control. Um, he got a good touch of the ball prior to his foot being at that height and then yeah. coming in. But the letter of the law does state that, you know, dangerous play, the studs yeah. are up, uh, catches the ankle, um, you know, on an astral tough surface, you know, it's not the... It, these these are leg breakers. Um, you know, if that's on grass, it might not seem as bad. You know, it might be, you know, the, the wind's the ball and it kind of catches the bottom of his foot and, you know, it slides away. But on the on the, the AstroTurf, I don't know if it's 3G or 4G, you know, either Gucci's leg is firmly planted uh, and that could have been very nasty. So I, I, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm inclined to say a red card, but, um, you know, I can see why initially there's that, you know, notion to go, right, you know, he won the ball, but it's yeah. a follow through. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think it's an amber card. I think it's um, as I can see, I can see why I can see why he's given a yellow because he's cleanly yeah. won the ball. And obviously, yeah. sometimes the follow through. Now, I was watching the Spurs and Chelsea game today, and I think it was Matt Doherty done Sar for Chelsea, um, and it was off the ball. Um, he went to play the ball, missed him, and caught his ankle. And you slow it down. And it always looks worse when it's slowing down. You know, Aye. when we've seen that, it, it looked like a good meet to challenge. Um, as I say, like Ricky Foster was on sports and he came un- under a lot of criticism saying yeah. he's actually he's actually kind of, it's his own fault sometimes. Somehow he's got injured because he doesn't go in at, at the same speeds. But 
I don't it's agree just one with of that things. Myself. No, I think that's bad punditry to be fair. Yeah. But, um, but listen, I think, I think to be honest, I think it was a red card. Um, but we can kind of see why it's yellow. But the fact that Don Robertson was so close to the action, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that the whole David Turnbull um, leg breaker at Tannadice, it never gave that, um, you know, mm-hmm. it two and two kind of add up. Um, but just, just moving to, on, guys. Sorry, just to touch on, no, sorry, just, yeah. just one more, more kind of discussion, uh, mm-hmm. one more point before we head off the Aloha game. It was quite refreshing seeing Maeda out wide, I thought, as well. Um, when I originally mm. heard he played up front in the GA League and he could play out wide, I thought it was the Kyogo situation all over again. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of Kyogo out wide at all. I don't think I don't think he's as good as what he is on the ball as what he is off. So I, I, I was worried when I heard that about Maeda, but I thought he, was, he looked really comfortable. He was coming inside now and then. His first touch was excellent. He's he was passing first time. He, he just looked very comfortable out there, which is it's made me feel a lot better because it looks more likely that we could get a, a front three line of Maeda, Kyogo and Jota all fully fit. So, what, what did you guys think? Do you think he's he could be a kind of that position going forward? I thought Maeda looked brilliant out there. I thought I actually it's, it's strange, you know, as you say here, we, we've seen Kyogo play out there, and um, I, I think because we don't get the same effectiveness as what we would like from our wide players. You know, obviously we look at Jota, we see how well he does. Um, Abada at times, Forrest, um, you know, our wide players are are very good. Um, and Kyogo is maybe obviously a player that we put out there and we thought, oh, play him through the middle, that's the alternative, play him through the middle. And we'll always score and it's great getting the ball into that six-yard area for Kyogo to score. But Maeda, uh, you know, obviously in the game against Alwa looked comfortable. Um, I thought he would. his passing was crisp. I thought he could cut in. I thought he could get to the byline. Um, maybe a bit more cutting back might be alright because I think he had a tendency to shoot from an angle. Maybe yeah. you know, it's like a wee tee up for somebody uh, to, for an easy goal. Um, and, but again, that's my only kind of partial downside of him playing there but you know I thought he'd done very 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 well um, in, in that area uh, and it's, it's good. It's quite refreshing to know that there's a possibility he could he could feature there. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously, um, just talking about the new boys, obviously the Japanese boys came in, um, we weren't hanging about, I've never known Celtic to to get deals done so quickly in January, um, I think, you know, we hadn't even struck Hogmanay yet, and mm-hmm. and the, the three deals were basically done, um, obviously Adeguchi, he's, he's been in Britain before, with Leeds, it hasn't really worked out, Hatati, you know, was excellent against Hibs, but, you know, we need to keep seeing that out of him, um, Maeda obviously came with a big reputation. Johnny Kenny, um, who I nearly choked my conflicts when I seen the deal because I thought it was John Joe Kenny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and obviously, and obviously Matt, Matt O'Reilly um, for MK Don. So again, has came with a really good reputation for down south. Um, can play in different positions. Centre mid, there was a boy on Super Scoreboard um, from the MK Don's podcast. Um, he was raving about him as well. Um, so in terms of like we've got these guys in front just under five million and and then um, Kieran, if I mean that's that's pretty good business in terms of what you're getting. You're not just spending five million and getting nothing, and you're they're all really talented boys. No, a hundred percent. When you consider we paid what was it? Was it four and a half million for Kyogo, top goal scorer yeah. in the G League at the time? To what is it one point eight for Maida after the loan? Um, it's a, it's a really good bit of business. Um, going back on what you say is about how the three were lined up before even the 1st of January. 
when was the last time you can remember Celtic doing that? It's 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 unheard of being a Celtic fan. You usually hear about loan signings coming in the last few days, but no, it, it was excellent to get those three. There was obviously rumours. I didn't think we were going to get it. I thought Celtic would have. I did think we'd get it, but I thought they would have left it later on so that they didn't have all this time for more signings to come in. But yeah, the, the three they brought in, as I say, as we've seen all them play now, all them look like they're going to be playing a part. I'm really excited for all of them. Um, and then touching on the O'Reilly thing as well, that kind of came out, out of nowhere because Ange was obviously in the press saying that he's not talking to anyone. I think it was just yeah. to throw them off. So when this yeah. burst, burst out, out, out in the scene, you kind of knew maybe something's going on then because he's obviously, it need, it need to be a legit uh, source. So I, I, I'm excited to see how he plays because I've seen some reports and I've seen some videos regarding this guy and I don't know, don't know where I've seen it. It was on Twitter by like a journalist or something like that that covers the league and he said that He's seen MK Dons for years and years, and O'Reilly has been a player that stood out to him, one of the most since Daly Alley was there. So a yeah. comparison like that kind of says a lot about the guy. Obviously, he's a, he's a young lad, and I've seen people say he's, he's kind of got a he's, he's beyond his years and stuff like that. So I'm I'm really excited to see him, and I reckon he could be called in a lot sooner than the we think due to all these injuries. Um, so I I've been happy with the the, the kind of the kind of um, boys we brought in. I think that'll be us finished. Am I annoyed about it? No. I think the squad's good enough now. Um, injuries, they obviously play a part, don't they? But once the squad's uh, fully fit, and I, I do feel confident and, and I, I believe in everybody that will come in and they'll play a good part in that. Yeah, and, and obviously, I, I mean, the whole Riley McGree deal um, falling through kind of thing, obviously, was I think it was disappointing at the time. I know I went public on the page and and put it up on the page because I'd heard through different newspapers and, and media outlets that the deal was done. Um, and I have heard um, from other sources that the deal was done. Um, yeah. that it was it was a case of a couple of grand extra that Middlesbrough had offered. Um, and literally, is literally two, two, three grand more. Um, and supposedly phoned Ange and says, I don't know what to do. And, and supposedly said, well, if you need to think, about whether you want to come here, then this club's not for you. And the difference with O'Reilly was that um, when I heard him on Celtic TV getting interviewed, he says he had one conversation with the manager and he knew he wanted to come. He says money's not mm-hmm. motivation. And yeah. John, that's the kind of players you want at your club, isn't it? Without doubt, without doubt, we we want we want players that um, that you know just that play for the shot, you know, and they they want to come. I mean, there's. I think Neil Lennon, you know, said it a long time ago that, you know, if if as soon as Celtic come knocking at the door, you know, or if you get an opportunity to play for Celtic, uh, you take that opportunity, and uh, you'll never experience anything else in your life. You know, the I think being a Celtic player is obviously much more than just the money, just the contract, just the you know the lifestyle or where you stay, and you know the opportunities. Coming to Celtic is literally like coming to Hollywood. Um, it's 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 massive, you know. Um, I, I think you know the, the 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 transfer window has been for Celtic one of the best transfer windows we've had. I think just in terms of efficiency of getting players in, um, the build up, you know, the organisation to get there, um, you know, getting these guys in the door as soon as possible. I think. What I loved about it as well was Ange obviously knows the Japanese market and I believe he knows the Australian Korean markets. Um, different different leagues that you know European teams haven't tapped into as much as what Ange has, and um, yeah. it's really refreshing and quite encouraging to know that you know in the summer 
who knows what Angie's got in store for us. You know, Angie might go, well, we're going to bring another guy from uh, Korea. We're going to bring another guy from the J-League, um, Australia. There's just a, a freshness about um, what opportunities there are. Um, but I'm, and do you know what, what I kind of love as well? I don't know about you guys. Did you guys expect the the signings of the Japanese boys to be so impactful and, and so quick? I, I genuinely, I genuinely didn't really know what to expect. I mean, we obviously we've learned to trust Ange um, like no other manager before. Um, he's he's got the Celtic fans in the palm of his hand, and I think the good thing was when he came in in the summer. Even though the Celtic fans, you know, we lost to Hearts at Tynecastle and and we're playing players like Dane Murray and things like that, and people started to maybe panic and thought, you know, we don't want to fall two behind in the league straight away. Yeah. Um, so we got a panic set in. We and they just seem to be like, I know what I want to do. I know who I want to bring in. I can't bring him in straight away because he had to obviously figure out who was there, who was good, who wasn't, who he wanted to get rid of. And I think that's what's been so good about January that he's probably spent the last four or five months tapping into that market and going, that's who I need, that's who I need, that's who I need, and saying a and obviously saying to the board, listen, I don't need mega money. Obviously I know we've spent nearly ten million and there's obviously a hopefully a couple of deals to probably come in the summer if I'm being honest. But if we can get the two deals done that, that everybody wants to see done, then it could rise to about twenty, twenty two million. Well do, do you know I there are key things, but I was, you know, when when Ange is obviously making these signings, I just love the fact there's so much preparation going into it. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a the, the Ange factor when Ange came to us, and obviously now we're around January. I think we all kind of thought, what what impact we have? We need a background team, a background team to you know phone up people or you know to do business and to get players and talk. Ange probably does it himself. You know, or, you know, mm-hmm. a couple other maybe agents yeah. and stuff like that. Um, Ange probably knows a kind of community of agents in these leagues um, that he can get in touch with, get valuations done, and then just really that to Celtic to go listen, look, look at what we'll get out of these um, players. Mm-hmm. And I just feel as though is the full the full theory, the full um, idea of bringing in these guys has been incredible. But what impact has these? I'm going to kind of allude to the Japanese players. What impact have they specifically had on the other players that are existing in that Celtic team? Uh, that, that's a good point. I, I think the thing I like about the Japanese players that I feel we've no hid before is I think their work ethic is terrific. Honestly, I think they're just so motivated to do well. Um, and surely that rubs off in training, you know, playing with guys like this that are like, kind of live and die by it. They're, they're constantly living their, their lives to the best way they can. Um, it's got to lift everyone else. Um Put it this way, when was the last time you seen Tom Rogic complete a 90 minutes? So it must be having some effect. Um, but no, yeah, going back on what you said there about Angie's preparation as well. I remember when he joined Celtic, he said that he was getting questions about because people wanted John Kennedy out and they wanted a completely turnover backroom staff. But he said, and it always sticks with me when I'm worried about a situation, he always said, I remember him saying, he said, it all comes back in me. So I want people around me that I trust. And he says, if I don't believe that is, then I'll make changes. So that that signals to me, but at this stage, nothing's changed. That These guys have bought into what he's trying to do at the club. Um, it's a bit unfair with John Kennedy at times, I believe. Uh, it's kind of maybe, he was an easy target at times for fans. But 
Yeah, as as I say, with the the players coming in, it's just a bit like I think we, as as Gaz said earlier on, we just we just all trust Ange and everything he does. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. like if he's bringing this guy in, he must be he must be up to something. Um, mm-hmm. So I he's currently not brought in a player that I've I've thought. I mean, why we brought him in? You know, it's, it's kind of everybody has lived up to the expectations. So, listen, let's hope these other guys do the same. But I, so far, the recruitment has been excellent this season, and long may it continue. I mean, I mean, I revert back to the to the Christmas ads that that, um, that we put out that I thought was absolutely superb by Celtic. I thought everything about it. The thing I really liked about it, and and you know, touching on the Japanese players, this was obviously before they came in. We had Kyogo. But it was just the the we the we kind of touch on Kyogo, um, you know maybe Jota and Abada, um, and the manager obviously Ange, and it just felt like a wee family, a family orientated kind of advert. It felt like a family family orientated atmosphere that they've got at the club, you know, where yeah. they're all just they're all just there for each other. And you know we talk at John Kennedy and how he comes in for a lot of criticism, but you know I. I it's, I think it's very, very difficult now. I know we brought this boy in for Benfica to, as a sports scientist, I think it is. A, you know, I, I think Ange potentially will over the next year or two bring in guys now and again. But I think in terms of like the, the Japanese boys that he's brought in, I think they just bring a happy atmosphere to the club, um, to the fans, yeah. to the players mm-hmm. he's seen. I think mm-hmm. it was, I don't know if it was Edeguchi or Hitata, uh, Hitata last night um, before the... The, when the players were going off for a warm up, and he was high fiving them all. Yeah, you know, when you've got Kyogo, you've got Kyogo <laughs> picking up litter at the side of Celtic Park, and you're just like, it's just crazy. You just and, think you, it's not player what players should be doing, do you mean? But mm. it's it's what that it's their kind of it's how they're brought up and kind of yep. thing, do you mean? So the little things, I, I think it's the the little things these guys bring in. Um, as you say, uh, Gary, I think it's just it's so it's so refreshing, but it's so nice to see. And I think that's what it really is to the fans, because the fans see that and we see the likes of Hitati just smiling, not knowing that he's one man in the match and just out of surprise, he's so happy to be there. Um, and it's a, it's a joyous thing. And what I love about, obviously, these guys that have come in is that we are going to work hard. Um, and, you know, ultimately, Ange has got trust in these guys which is all the better. Um, and so far, and just been um, proven as proven as wrong or proven as right, whatever way you want to call it. He's been bringing these guys in and been doing jobs for us. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's a real joyous time for Celtic um, as long as we can continue this. If we can get wins in the next few weeks, um, you know, I, I think I think there's going to be a happy, a happy support, put it that way. And, 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 let's, and let's not forget about the impact they're making off the pitch in terms of the money Celtic will be bringing in that Japanese account on Twitter already is yeah is it'll be going flying. through the roof yeah. Aye. absolutely but I mean the two the two the two deals we want we all want to see done um, and one especially um, you know mm. Carter Vickers and Jota um, you know both on loan from Tottenham and Benfica um, obviously there's there's rumours that, that the Jota deal's done for, according to Benfica news that Celtic and Benfica have agreed a deal. Jota turned down the first offer, but agreed to the second offer. Um, Benfica's offered him a new deal. Um, one of the, I think the left winger is leaving the club. Um, and Jota has uh, wants assurances from Benfica about um, guaranteed game time. Um, so it's now up to the player. To The, the deal is done for about £6.5 £6. million. Um, that's not going to budge. 
come the end of the season. So we do have him at the end of the season and obviously it's still up to the player whether he wants to come. I think he loves it here. The new song that I absolutely kind of get out of my head. Um, <laughs> you know, and that, that Jota loves. Um, Kieran, do you think Jota wants to stay? <sighs> it's a hard one, isn't it, guys? Because it's you put yourself in his position. It's like us three going and playing for Benfica, but our parent club Celtic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, rumours are it was close. It's, it's kind of that Celtic are in contact with Benfica and stuff like that. But I did see on Twitter, I don't know if it's official or not, I'm just going off, but I've seen that possibly Benfica want to keep him. As you said, I believe the winger, I believe his name's Everton, the Brazilian. Yeah. Uh, is, uh-huh. maybe looking, yeah. is maybe looking to part ways. So it's a tough one because if you're telling me that if I was at Benfica on loan and Celtic's winger's leaving and I've maybe got a chance of playing, there's only one place I'm going, that's straight, straight back to Parkhead. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's whether... He's, he's loved it, Celtic. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty. It's pretty clear he's guaranteed um, game time as well. Um, so it's up to him whether he wants to take that risk or not. Uh, and, and can I go to Benfica and find himself back to square one, where he's actually not playing, and all this progression he's made is kind of out the window. Um, so it's, it's a tough decision for him to make. But listen, I'm going to say same for Celtic, and it's been excellent for us yeah. I think since he's came in. He's been. He's been great. When was the last time we had a winger like that that, that just skips by players? Paddy Roberts, maybe. He'd, he'd yeah, done the same mm. his first I, season. I, I would, I would go as far as saying that Jot is more loved than Paddy Roberts. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think John, um, when you look at it, obviously we're going to bring in age into the category that he's so young. Um, maybe away from his family a lot. Do you think that's going to play a part, or do you think he'll just be happy to to say to them, "No, this is where I want to be." It's, it's a difficult one to answer because, as, as Kieran says, you know, and I, I think you 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 both might say um, it's impossible to to give a hundred percent answer. We could give him everything we want. We can only ever encourage. We can never actually force him to to stay. You know, yeah. or to make that mind. Mm-hmm. But but the encouragement is, um, you know, I, I think Celtic have done everything right. Um, you know, I think at the moment, you know, Jota and, and his agent are both staying. Um, you know, silent in the matter for you know obviously legal reasons and for the contract reasons, etc. But you know, you can see things that are kind of positive signs, you know, of Jota, you know, loving the club and loving certain aspects of it. And I don't think as Celtic fans we've been more desperate or more like you know wanting to just get this kind of urge to go, just please stay, please stay, yeah. you're amazing, you're wonderful. Um yeah. But, you know, being so young, you know, it could be a case where, you know, he might fancy going back to his home. Um, but, you know, we would all love him to stay. We've got a song for him. I think every Celtic fan would help him move, would help him, like, have parties, would help him, like, <laughs> anything he wanted, we would just do for Jota or a.k.a. George Michael. Um, yeah. Help him in all aspects of his life just to have a great time uh, in Glasgow and to obviously... Um, play as well as what's been playing consistently throughout the season because my god he is wonderful he is yeah. unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah he's 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 sexy as anything honestly he's like just <laughs> he's beautiful he's absolutely beautiful but as i say hopefully hopefully he will stay um and we're more left broken hearted like the way with paddy um yeah. so in terms of in in terms of then obviously like carter vickers is the other um loan deal possibly going back to Tottenham in the summer. I, I don't really see Tottenham looking at him as a as a permanent defensive option. No no harm to the guy. I think he's he's a really good player up here. Um the the from what I'm hearing there's a deal in place to get him for five point seven million. Um 
Now, that would be unheard of in terms of Celtic spending nearly £22 million in January. Um, but I think it's a case of speculate and accumulate. We can see the Champions League on the horizon. We know, we can smell blood. Rangers have already dropped points now in recent times. So you're, you're thinking to yourself, let's, let's put together a good enough team, win the league, and then, you know, we're guaranteed Champions League money. You can bank that, and then you've got a really good side to go again next mm-hmm. year, do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I, with, with Carl Vickers, um, as you say, it's, it's quite a hefty fee. However, my stance on it, I don't know what John thinks about it, but I think mm-hmm. he's absolutely struggling so far in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I think he's been he's been brilliant. Um, I think... It, it looks like he doesn't get out second gear sometimes uh, when they're, they're trying to get hit, hit in the counter-attack and he just flings people off the ball with, with ease. Um, I, I've loved him. I think he's been brilliant. Uh, I can't think of any bad mistakes he's made, any really bad games he's had. Um, but I, as you say, it's 5.7 million is kind of run about the fee that we're hearing for him. Um, my point with that would be, in any other season, I would maybe say no because I feel like we would be bringing in many players. However, there's been a massive turnaround at Selic and I think the majority of players we have just now are signed up for the next few years. I can't think of MD at the end of the season that's going to be leaving. So, if you think about it, come the end of the season, the, the business we might actually only be doing will be Jota and Carter Vickers. So, if, that, yeah. if you've got the money sitting there, it might not be a bad idea to get get them in, you know, if, if, it, if it, we, we needed many more positions, kind of sorted duty players leaving and all that, I would maybe say no however, as I say it's, it's, it's maybe just about keeping this squad together and, and I know it's a lot of money guys, but I, I think it's great, I think it's we should do it, I, I really do like him and I'm a big fan of his so I'm And obviously John, you know, you know, it's easy for us as fans to sit here and go Oh, I buy him for six million. Buy him for six million, such and such. We're going back to Martin O'Neill's days when we were spending six million on players like Sutton and and uh, Valharan and, and Hartson and things like that. But in terms of um, what's your opinions been on Carter Vickers? I mean, he's banged in a few goals as well. Let's not forget, Jack. The the guy I was sitting at the Hibs game and there was a guy two rows behind me and he, he just mentioned a comment about Carter Vickers that he could probably take out the Terminator. <laughs> I thought, to be honest, he, he's not far off it. You know, he's he's not far off it at all. He's a, a big strong, guy. strong, big guy that um that is is also very good at winning the ball and very good at um you know defending, very good at his distribution. Um, he's got the full package. Um, you know, he, he would be a Celtic player tomorrow if um you know the fee was right uh, or the, the valuation was right, but um. In the past, Celtic have spent money on players, um, you know, many players that haven't lived up to the to the expectation. Um, you know, players, and I'm, I'm going to say, even whilst he's in, you know, Ayeti maybe hasn't lived up yeah. to the expectation of his valuation. Um, you know, Carter Vickers is a player that I think Celtic should spend the money on. I think if we've spent the money, you know, spent money on guys like Dirk Brichter in the past, and, yeah. you know, it, there's just been a kind of... Um, you know, we've actually, I think Celtic have done the right things at the start of the season. You know, we've got these players on loan and we've looked at them. And I think the yeah. fans are kind of buying into this, you know, try before you buy kind of notion. Um, and with Carter Vickers, I think he's the full package. Um, it's hard to think of many mistakes he's made, yeah. um, if any. Uh, you know, and that's something that, you know, we can go, right, there's a player, let's pay the money. Uh, and I think Celtic do have it. Um, 
and it's one of these players and i can appreciate you know obviously from a financial perspective you know we've got to look at um you know the budget and what we're going to do but as you point out gary you know the the, the champions league money is is there and waiting um mm-hmm. you know we're four points behind the top uh and we've got plenty of games to to kind of to, to keep going um and we need we need the best players to do that so carter Vickers could be there yeah, and, and obviously, like as I say, hopefully we will get the, the deals done. Probably more likely the summer than, than January because mm-hmm. I, I think they'll, they might have deals in place and just let it run to the summer and keep mm-hmm. us on suspense, maybe. Um, so, <laughs> who knows? But um, obviously, listen, guys, first game of the season under Ange, um, we lost at Tynecastle. A game potentially we could have won had refereeing decisions um, went the right way. Um, in terms of in terms of the goal that was disallowed, obviously, um, but you know Hearts they've had a great season. Last night, nine points behind us. Um, I think they've only had one more de- one more defeat than us. Um, you know, really good win for them away from home in the Scottish Cup at the weekend. Uh, you've got Suter, who I think might still be out with an ankle injury. Um, he's obviously Rangers bound. He's going to be trying really hard. Um, Halliday's going to be in that team. Barry Bakay's hit form. Um, you know, Kieran, how how is this a game you're worried about, or is it in case of let's play Ange ball and let's let's have a go? Hey, well, I, as you say, it was the first game of the season. Uh, we've had some good experiences at Tynecastle, some some bad ones. Kind of most recent ones that kind of pop into mind. Kind of was the Scott Sinclair debut. That was a, yeah. a brilliant occasion. Um, but as you say, not so good one start the season. However, if you if you look back to then, am I right in saying it was Starfield's first game? Kyogo just touched down in Japan. Yeah. The, the, the squad is nowhere near what it is now. Um, mm-hmm. If you asked me this two days ago how I was feeling, I'd say very confident. However, the fact they've just lost our captain makes me mm. a wee bit more nervous. Maida's obviously away as well, so we've not got kind of that that striker that plays the way Ange wants him to by putting the, the kind of defence under pressure. Um, but yeah, I'm slightly nervous regarding it because I don't want a slip-up. I think it's key that we, we win these next two games. I, f- I feel like we need to ramp up the pressure. It's crunch time in the season now. Let's put them under pressure. Something we didn't do last season um, and give it a good go. But Tynecastle is probably, other than Ibrooks, one of the hardest places to go for Celtic. So... Listen, I'm sure whoever goes in there will, will be determined to get the three points and I do, I do still feel confident that we'll do that. A wee bit of revenge as well for the opening day of the season. I don't know what John thinks about that. The, the same page, Kieran. I think Celtic will... I, I, I personally think Celtic will win um, despite the despite the you know the injury list and you know the the list goes on. Many things Celtic, uh, Celtic have got, but you know, the... The game on Wednesday, you know, I think every Celtic player should be up for that. Um, it should be a game that we should be, um, you know, playing to the best of our ability. I think, you know, th- th- there can be a there can be a almost like entitlement. I think it'll be a very hard working game. I think Hearts have been playing really well. I think against Walking Lake Talbot, they obviously put them to bed. Um, and I think Celtic need to. Celtic need to show, you know, if we can get if we can get a few early goals, you know, it'd be it would be a you know hopefully plain sailing, but they come with a lot of attacking threat hearts, and you obviously get like Mackay Stephen, who's you know in that team as well, who's who's a good player. Um, I, I think I think though we've got enough to do it. Uh, I think that it's it's going to be a game that will be will be challenging. I think it'll be a I think it could be quite a maybe an intense game, maybe a few referee decisions that 
people may or may not disagree with might be involved, uh, but I think Celtic will uh, do the business. And, yeah, and obviously, quickly, listen, I what what would mm-hmm. you do, what would you do for Tynecastle come next week? Would you let Giacomakis lead the line, or would you feel a bit more confident with uh, Abada leading the line in terms of putting the defence under a wee bit more pressure? Because Hearts defenders are only known for their, their playing out the back skills. Yeah, I think um, to be honest, on Friday night I was on a podcast and I was saying that. I, I, I quite like Abada through the middle, um, especially yeah. when I seen him against St. Johnson. I thought he looked really comfortable. Um, ball into feet looked really, really good. Um, but for me, I, I think it's got to be Jackie Marcus, especially getting the goal at the weekend. I know it was yeah. only Aloha, but I, I think he's got to start. Um, as you say, you can play Maida out wide if you want. You can play Abada out wide. You've got Jota in there. Forrest yeah. is back playing well, um, but for me, I, I think I think you should start with Jackie Marcus and give him give him a, a run of games, and hopefully, right. you know, he'll, he'll he'll start to find his feet and, and start banging in the goals and get the player that that was in the Eredivisie top goal scorer last season. Mm. My, my worry is obviously players like you know Liam Boyce um, up yeah. front, uh, Craig Gordon always raises his game against us. Ginelli, he's got pace and power. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and obviously the the fact that the last time we played them there was controversy over the goal and things like that. Um, so I'm slightly worried about the the officials' performance um, yeah. Wednesday because I just think it's going to be one of the games where the referees are going to be under scrutiny. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's one of the games, guys. You, this is the games you look for at the start of the season. You you mm-hmm. you look for the fixture list and you go when we're playing Hearts away, when we're playing Aberdeen away, when mm-hmm. we're playing Rangers, that sort of thing. Um, these are the games, this is why we're football fans, do you know I mean? like, mm-hmm. And as you say, it's it's all about, let's let's win the next two games and then think about Rangers, but obviously, it's a game at a time. Yeah. Um, the, the good thing is, we obviously played on Monday night, um, I know a lot of fans maybe weren't happy about it, but do you know what, it put the pressure on them, they went to Pataudry and collapsed, Um I'm hoping that the same can be done. Obviously, I know they play um, first on Saturday. They're away at Ross County, who yeah. have been playing really well recently. Um, Livingston, obviously, they've got midweek. So, but we can't be thinking about their games. We've got to be thinking about our games and and play the best possible team that we can. There's no going to be that. There is going to be heavy challenges. I think in terms of tackling, tough tackling, no anywhere near. I don't think the the amateurish style of tackling because I think that was League One football that Alwa were playing. I thought they, yeah. they seemed like they were playing a league match. You know, they were just clogging mm-hmm. everybody. Um so I think there will be tough tackles, but hopefully, fingers crossed, no more injuries. Um yeah. and obviously then going on to Dundee United uh in Saturday, I'm sure you will both be there. Um mm-hmm. I'm hoping to be there myself as well. Um I don't know if anybody, any of know this. Um, when was the last time Dundee United beat us at Celtic Park? Oh, John's, John's uh, maybe got a better chance than, than me oh. in this. If you give me 10 minutes, I can search up Google. No, my results list, but um, no, I don't know when it is, pass. Um, well, unfortunately, it's, it's still around my time. Um, but Boxing Day 1992. Wow, um, no. Duncan Ferguson scored in uh, a 1 0 win. I'll not tell you what age I was. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, listen, obviously, 30 years since they've won at Celtic Park. Um, you know, we did get a one each draw earlier in the season. 
um, you know, poor refereeing, I thought. But I think we should have had maybe one or two penalties that day. Their keeper, Seagrass, should have been sent off for a high foot against... Yeah. I don't know if it was a badder. Um, but obviously, they signed Tony Watt from Motherwell, which he'll, he'll, he'll be a danger up front for them. They, they lost narrowly 1-0 at Ibrooks, um last month. Um, do you think... There's a, there's a kind of... Obviously, we're looking forward to Hearts first and hopefully get three points out of that. Do you think if we get three points in the Wednesday, there'll be a reluctance to, to dismiss almost Dundee United? Because they are in free fall, obviously. The, the last win, um, I think, was like um, 27th of November. It was, actually. The last yep. win in the league. Mm. Yeah, they, Dundee United what, what, uh, kind of stands with me uh, from that game earlier in the season. I think that was probably one of your worst games we played that uh, this this year. Um, it was dead flat. Um, we managed to get that goal, and if I'm not saying a couple minutes later they go and equalise. Um, yeah. Kinda, uh-huh. I don't. I don't know. John will maybe be able to agree with me here. I think the atmosphere after that and kind of it, it was it was um, it wasn't too great. Kind of fans were feeling a wee bit. Frustrated. Um, they didn't offer a lot. It was just a matter of we didn't kind of show up in the day and maybe do enough to break them down. Um, but as you yeah. say, they've obviously acquired um, Tony Watt. Uh, I don't know if he is still top goal scorer in the league, but uh, if not, he's there or thereabouts. Um, so that's a, a great addition to them. But as you say, guys, they've not been on the form currently as they were when we first played them. Um, Seagrass is a good goalkeeper. Uh, so listen, I feel confident this time around. I think Ange, I think when Celtic drop points against a, a team, it kind of, they remember it and maybe want to go yeah. out and correct some mm. wrongs, you know? So I do feel confident, but listen, if, if, if we play the way we did against, against them last time, uh, there's no chance we're getting the three points, but hopefully the team's lifted a wee bit with the additions of Atati yeah. and stuff and we managed to get the three points key before, obviously, the game against um, the other side of the city. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Kieran's right, but I also think that you know we've got I think Ange and obviously we'll, we'll be looking forward to Wednesday. And I think Ange's philosophy is take it one game at a time. You know, as fans, we always look ahead and we look we want to add on a game and get all our fixtures done. But I think you know, obviously getting a result on Wednesday is obviously the most important thing. Dundee United come with their own threats, um, and I think I think Celtic will um, hopefully you know have the we can see, obviously, for injury list has been updated. You know, a couple of players might be all right, might be fit to come back. We'll, we'll see. Um, maybe unusual, but um, or unlikely, I should say. But um, you know, looking forward, I think I think dealing with Hearts is the main thing. But Dundee United, you know, I think we can. I think we can beat. I think we can. Yeah, and I think um, in terms of. I don't think I think they'll play pretty much like they did at Ibrooks. I know they had a lot of COVID cases and injury worries, Kieran. But um, in terms of obviously, I, I've been I've been at Celtic part of the season when we've won six 0 I think mm-hmm. it was Dundee and St Mirren. Um, yep. We beat six 0 and absolutely trounced them. And I think that was because they kind of came out to try and play football. Um, yep. And that's obviously when when we kind of attack teams best. And um, there's nothing worse when the Livingston game when you had 10 men parked behind the ball um, and there was just nothing, there was no joy, the, the fans were getting anxious kind of thing. Um, I, I personally think the way Dundee United are at the moment, I, I think they'll try and go to Celtic Park on Saturday and park the bus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think they'll, they'll try park the bus and maybe hit us in the counter. Uh, obviously, I think Tony Watt, is, he's had a couple of minutes now, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's, he's in the starting lineup. 
Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I, I agree with you. The, the, the thing last season, um, it stands with me and it, it's gave me a bit of PTSD is we didn't have width um, last year. And I feel like, see when teams are... Um, obviously sitting back in numbers last year we were all through the middle it was I think we played at four or five it was like Christy, Tumbo, Rogic, McGregor so it was it was all in the middle and I feel it's tough to get through teams like that so that's what kind of stays with me however the players we've got now your Abadas, your Jotas, Forrest they're capable of, of taking a man on gaining that little bit of room um, playing the colour pass where Rogic obviously is not going to be there against Indian United but I believe attack can do the same. Um, so this year, I believe it's different. Um, and as I say, with the new signings coming in, Hattat uh, will be up for it, another game at Parkhead. So I, I feel confident. You get that first goal early on, it settles the nerves, and obviously yeah. Dundee United have to come out um, and play against you. Um, and then that's when we're obviously going to be at our best. However, as I say, I, I do feel confident. Uh, we just need to get behind the team and... If we don't get that first goal in the first half or so, just stay behind them and we've got the quality that it will come in the full 90 minutes, you know. Yeah, and as I say, um, as I say, hopefully we'll get the, the three points on Wednesday first and foremost and then we can look ahead to Dundee United. Um, but listen, we'll, we'll finish it there, guys, and I'll let you um, get away um, in a few minutes. Um, just want to say thanks to both of you for coming on and, and helping us out with the podcast. Um, obviously trying to get new faces on every week kind of thing. No. Really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Honestly, first time been on, and I've loved talking about Celtic. So I'm happy uh, to to join whenever uh, or whenever. So it's um, it's been brilliant. Thanks very much, Gary and Kieran. Great meet yep. you. Uh, I'm I'm the same as uh, John. Um, I've I've loved it. I love watching the podcast that you, you've done previously. The interviews you do with um, ex obviously footballers or whoever it may be commentators. Um, and yeah, there's nothing better to sit and chat for uh, chat about. Celtic for over an hour we used to so thanks very much for having us on guys I appreciate that yeah and and obviously like John um, I, I, I came across John in, in TikTok he's, he's got great Celtic content on TikTok if you want to give the guys your TikTok and get, get your followers up kind of thing John yeah it's uh, John Tierney 88 uh, if you want to follow me on TikTok uh, feel exactly. free There'll be plenty of Celtic related content um, and coming Ah, and Kieran, have you got you on TikTok? I'm, I've gave up with it. Oh no, no, mate. I've, I've got no socials. I'll leave that for John to date for both. Of <laughs> Maybe he can run the Celtic FC appreciation one in the future. I don't know. Ah, that's it. Get him on. Um, but listen, guys, we'll be back next uh, next weekend after the Dundee United game. Um, I'm not sure if Paul will be back on, but we'll get somebody else on. Um, but obviously keep uh, following the socials, but Celtic FC appreciation on um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, um, and obviously download the podcast wherever you listen to them. It's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You search Celtic FC appreciation, leaves a review, leaves a comment, and tells what we're doing wrong or doing good or whatever kind of thing. I'm open to criticism. Um, and obviously thanks to... Uh, Paul at 67T's Timberloy Apparel and get on the Instagram and, and check him out some great Maradona stuff as well we got the Maradona stuff with the Bumblebee top on um, it's absolutely class um, and obviously as I say we'll be back next uh, next weekend so um, in the meantime guys hopefully we get six points by next weekend um, so all the best <laughs>